Hi, this is Dr. Bill Renner. I myself am board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts focused on evidence-based medicine with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie has lectured around the world and was uh, and is well known in gastroenterology. is also board certified in gastroenterology as well as internal medicine. He's been the principal investigator in about 900 clinical studies, co-investigator, and the actual principal investigator in about 300 clinical studies. Dr. Safdie, I want to talk about COVID and long COVID or persistent COVID symptoms. It seems like the the country's doing pretty good at, at recording the number of deaths from COVID and people recover, but they don't seem to be recording the number of people who are developing persistent symptoms from COVID or so-called long COVID. Can you tell me about long COVID? Yeah, Bill, it's a great question because I get this question in email, phone calls, and in person almost on a daily basis that there's these people that are long haulers, meaning they have persistent symptoms. So we really should be talking about three categories. You you know, people, how many people got the disease? How many people died of the disease called mortality? And then morbidity, how many people are chronically ill because of the disease? And some recent data has come out that, you know, a significant percentage of people will have persistent symptoms. And when we're talking about a disease that has involved so many people, um, you know, we're probably, you know, at the present time, 28 million around there, 28 million people have had it. And that's diagnosed people. And I'm sure there's a lot of people we have not diagnosed, uh, as we've discussed in previous podcasts. And if a third of those have persistent disease, you know, we're talking about eight or nine million people that have some ongoing symptomatology secondary to this disease. And that's really scary. We've lost as many people from death, almost, you know, we're approaching half a million deaths, which is catastrophic. We've watched life expectancy drop for the first time. Um, You know, just reported recently among, you know, what we've looked at provisional life expectancy at birth in the first half of 2020 was the lowest level since 2006. Um, We have, you know, for the population as a whole, it's 77.8 years and for males, 75.1 years. And the earlier I get, I don't like that 75.1 years. Yeah, Um, no, it's it's really a terribly frightening disease. Well, tell us a little bit about the the symptoms in long COVID. What what are some of the symptoms complexes that people have? Some of the symptoms that are persistent, and, and remember, you know, we can have these, we have people that have reported symptoms three to nine months after illness onset. Um, and not everybody has the same symptoms. If we look at, you know, the most common disease process that these patients had was hypertension when they went in and got this, what we call a comorbidity. Uh, the most common persistent symptoms were fatigue, um, loss of smell or taste. But there's a variety of symptoms. They can have they can have persistent shortness of breath, cough, joint pain, chest pain. Um, one of the other things that you know I've gotten called on the most is, you know, although it's a primarily respiratory disease, COVID nineteen primarily initially involves the lungs. It can involve other places, and we can have neurologic problems. Um, and we know that because the first of these symptoms might be the loss of smell or taste. But some people will battle persistent headaches, 
debilitating fatigue, um, kind of this brain fog, you know, trouble thinking clearly, remembering things. Um, I don't want to say the name of the company. You and I have discussed this case of an individual that's very high up in a well-known company, and he can't remember names anymore. And he had the disease in the spring. Um, and, you know, so these persistent neurologic problems are significant. So we have a lot of things that can go on. You may not be able to run. Um, you can also have yeah, cardiac the disease. Right. The persistent chest symptoms. I mean, one thing we know just from objectively from CT scanning is that people that have relative little or no symptoms may still have relatively severe appearing uh, findings on a chest CT that they're totally unaware of. Some of those appear to be persistent. Now, um, we don't know about that because, like you said, we're only six or nine months into the disease. And with MERS, uh, with the MERS epidemic, there were people that had symptoms and abnormal uh, chest CTs that later resolved, even though we thought that were going to be permanent. So uh, we'll have to see about this. But I mean, certainly the neurologic symptoms uh, frighten, frighten me the most. But I, I am aware of individuals who who had relatively mild disease that have now very persistent shortness of breath and can no longer exercise. Um, when the, when prior to the disease, they were in uh, relatively good shape and could and could run several miles a day. Now they can barely walk. Yeah, you're right, Bill. I mean, and this. You know, this disease, you know, we have numerous studies over the past few months have shown about one in three people with COVID-19 will have symptoms that last longer than the typical two weeks that we see, one to two weeks. And these symptoms don't affect only those that are obese, only those with diabetes, only those with hypertension, only those that are hospitalized. In fact, it can affect people with mild cases, uh, hospitalized or non-hospitalized individuals. And that's one of the scariest things. Um, you know, they may experience the same symptoms they had during the initial fight with COVID-19, which a lot of the ones that they experience initially is this tremendous fatigue and inability to think clearly or this brain fog. They may have persistent difficulty breathing, persistent headaches, you know, sleep difficulties, loss of sense of taste or smell. Um, and there's studies looking at this as almost a PTSD type illness when some of these people have these persistent symptomatology. So, you know, in my experience, patient symptoms seem to be less severe when they were initially sick, but they still have persistent symptoms, which is very depressing for these people. Um, and it can vary widely. So we have clinics being set up all over the United States now to deal with these long haulers or people with persistent symptoms. And if you have these, please go to a physician that's aware of these, understands them. There's more and more research being done every day um, on these at different clinics around the United States. But, you know, there was a study um, published in January found that 76% of the hospitalized COVID-19 patients in Wuhan, China, we're still experiencing some symptoms six months after getting sick. So, you know, we have not just the U.S. data, but we have worldwide data, uh, you know, taking a look at this. And your body may continue, you know, why does this happen? Why do you have these long-term symptoms? We're not sure. But your body may have an immune reaction still trying to attack or 
go after this COVID-19 virus, but the virus is gone. So more of an autoimmune type thing. So, you know, we have in some patients persistent heart inflammation that can last for months. So your heart, your brain, your muscles, your joints, your gastrointestinal tract, all of these can have persistent symptoms. So we need you to want to comment. This. You want to comment on um, chronic fatigue syndrome? Some people are uh, throwing this into the chronic fatigue syndrome um, gamut of diseases. You know, to- two totally different types of things. You know, this we have a defined acute onset of an illness, and we have an immune reaction to the illness. And I wouldn't. We have no studies to correlate the two, and I really wouldn't uh, at the present time. Um, I would just remember the sickest of COVID-19 patients are not the only ones to suffer from long-term COVID complications. Milder cases can have this. And, you know, we need to take, you know, light of the data that's coming out. A recent study done by the CDC, you know, 35% of non-hospital patients who had mild uh, COVID symptoms did not return to baseline health 14 to 21 days after symptoms started. So, we're starting to understand this a lot more. Uh, I don't want to correlate this with any other disease uh, at the present time, but be careful, folks. This is a real phenomena, and make sure if you have this, you find a physician that's used to treating this or an institution that has ongoing research and studies in this. Yeah, Alan, and let me just take, I want to thank you again for another great discussion. As usual, I just want to remind people that this is a real disease. It has serious complications, including death, loss of memory, uh, dementia, and that uh, the most important thing we can do right now is to wear masks and social distancing. Uh, Alan, uh, I'm looking forward to your uh, next uh, talk. Um, if if, If you like our website, Evidence Based Medicine, please go ahead and uh, subscribe to our channel and tell your friends about, um, the website. Thank you, Bill, and take care of yourself. We're going to talk, uh, the next time we get sit down to talk, we're going to talk about, you know, how to travel safely, not just during COVID, you know, what is safe on an airplane, you know, I'm going to start looking past COVID. So we're just going to be generally talking about travel tips, um, and health tips for general people, how to eat at a buffet, etc. So we'll be discussing that on the next podcast. Yeah, great topic. Thank, Thank you, you, Alan. Take care.